0: Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. How are you guys? Alhamdulillah.
1: Alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah.
0: Can you guys hear me okay?
1: Yes. I hear you.
0: Okay. Yes. Alhamdulillah. Welcome to the Dope Muslim Woman podcast, everybody. Um, as you come in, please give your salaam. This is a great time to share. We have a pretty um, unexpected things happen, something that has never happened in the history of the Goat Muslim Woman podcast. But alhamdulillah, we always trust in Allah's plan. We know that we plan, but Allah is the best of planners. Please go ahead and give your salam. Salaam alaikum. It's great to see you guys. MashaAllah. Give me a thumbs up, team, if you guys can still hear me. All right, just give me a thumbs down when you can. Okay, mashallah. All right, welcome to the Jovement One podcast. In a spirit of transparency, let me just open up and let y'all know what's going on with your girl. This is your host, your girl, Sabria Mills. And unfortunately, I did not make it home in time as planned, as I was planning on, I'm out of town. And where I'm at, doesn't have the best stable connection salam, everybody hey <laughs> and so mashallah that's that's what's happening right that's the reality of what we're dealing with but we have a phenomenal panel and i'm super blessed i'm going to introduce everybody but i'm also going to just kind of introduce the guests slash like co-host kind of situation that we got here <laughs> with brother jermaine from my right. fellow podcaster my fellow brother um he's going to fill in at any point when my Wi-Fi doesn't um, you know, participate. So Brother Jermaine, thank you so much for doing this. How are you, brother?
2: Alhamdulillah, I'm good. Jazakalakarfa. Um having me on um, the Steam panel, inshallah. I'm ready to have, you know, get into it and have some fun and you know, keep it all the way real.
0: Inshallah. We are, we are. So subhanAllah, khair. So everybody saying salam alaykum everybody. So I'm gonna go ahead and introduce uh, my panelists. Um I'm on my phone and all my notes are on my phone <laughs> well subhanallah this is going to be beautiful because it's going to come straight from my heart subhanallah um you know first and foremost i wanted to start off with brother jermaine he is the co-host um of another um podcast called the good brothers podcast am i saying that correctly
2: no it's good vibes of the good brothers good brother. vibes. Got good some vibes. of them right.
0: Right, <laughs> right uh but he has a very dope podcast um with um doctor is it dr helene
2: dr halene naim yes
0: dr halene naim and they have all types of topics and guests so you really have to check them out and follow him but more importantly um just recently just you know collaborated with him with another project with feather masood and he's super phenomenal and just from the same community so welcome you, uh, to this show officially thank
2: you for having me i am honored
0: <laughs> can you guys hear me we got you okay can you guys still hear me because you guys are choppy okay all right i would like to introduce my next beloved sister this sister is a personal friend um She's here on the show, it's phenomenal. She's been someone who's been phenomenal on the ground in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, she's been working tirelessly with the Brianna Taylor movement. I am super humble.
1: You were a little choppy, but thank you, Jazakallah LaCarrie. i glad to be here. Assalamu alaikum. Wa
3: salam.
2: So oh, it looks like we lost her. Yeah, she, she, yeah we lost her. So humbly I I told her I'll have her back. So i am going to do it kind of like how I do it. She back. So uh but she going through the introductions, maybe those who haven't been introduced as of yet. I There she goes. Uh oh <laughs> it's okay, sis. We'll get through this My together. Is Don't not worry. We got. A so lot
0: test those whom he loves. Okay, just continue
2: the dialogue. <laughs> I mean, No, I'm about just have the... introduction. This
0: has never happened.
2: <laughs> so inshallah, we got um. I cannot barely him. hear
0: you guys, so I'm gonna
2: go ahead and. I, I tell you, we'll we'll hold it down for you, So Once when, when you get it together, then we're gonna hold continue to hold you down too. Is that is that all right? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Please do. I can't hear you. Alhamdulillah So, Ahamdeelah, yeah, she's going through some some technical difficulties. But um, ain't nothing that we can't overcome. And we're still going to have a successful show. I got my sister back 100%. So, um, to those who haven't introduced yourselves, can you introduce yourselves to the people and give us a little up background on you and, you know, and... What you up to and show? So let's go to sisters first.
3: Let's go to sisters <laughs> first. <laughs> I'm Stephanie stephanie Stewart. Um, I am a follower of the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. Love the podcast. Happy to be here. Um, I am a revert, fairly new muslima I don't know how long we're called uh new muslims but i've been muslim for about a year and four months now almost a year and a half wow, congratulations thank
2: wow. you Congratulations! Your
3: Quran. so um yeah i am a wedding planner and wedding writer i do walimans as well everybody so <laughs> um and i am from new york originally but have relocated to the north carolina area
2: how, how was that
3: It's beautiful. It's wonderful. I don't miss the noise. I don't miss the traffic. I don't miss the dirt. (laughs) (laughs) I do miss the convenience. That's the only thing I do miss. But everything else, uh, I'm good
2: with. (laughs) Imam Fahim, can you introduce yourself to the people?
4: Assalamu alaikum. What up, party people? It's Imam Fahim, AKA the Imam of the Boom Bap. It means just that. You know, oh, my uh, right there. I'm the imam. The I'm imam, the Director of the Kuba School and Islamic Center in Camden, New Jersey. Um, I also worked as a grassroots activist, a youth counselor, marriage counselor, uh, and, uh, a volunteer chaplain in New Jersey uh, uh, Department of Corrections, and so many other hats. Uh, so tonight I'm just your brother in Islam, and I'm here to uh, give some of my um, experiences, share some of my experiences. Uh, thank you all for joining in may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us immense benefit in this uh, broadcast tonight and accept our efforts Amin. Amin. Amin.
2: Amin. 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 Well, i mean alhamdulillah. i mean well inshallah, um hopefully that she'll get uh, back on some since to bring it back on soon and, and and everything will be smooth but um i think we've all given information um, um, leading up to the conversation and today we're going to talk about i'm um, just account- accountability in their relationships and accountability, as far as seeking the relationships, and you know, um, I think it was a play, one of those black plays was, um, <laughs> back in the day called, uh, you know, uh, what was what's it called? Uh, what comes to the dark? You know, what I'm saying what comes to the light. Mm-hmm. What done in the dark come to the light. Probably probably a Medea play or something like that. But um...
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> I see so we're going to you know? cut up on here
2: tonight. Okay. <laughs> oh we're gonna have a little conversation, you know, it's, it's a friendly game of baseball, but uh, yeah, we just want to get jump into some of those topics. I know we touched on it before. I know, and every time that she have a discussion, uh, they normally are so stirring, and they get jumped right into it, and want to be kept all the way one thousand. So, but this since back, so Humdila, she could <laughs> take this load off me. lie. Is,
0: is she better? Yes. Sort of, kind
2: of. Humdila. Well, let's 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 jump into the first question. Um, uh, first topic. Uh, she said marriage is both a personal and social fact for uh contracting parties. It's, it's it is not merely one and not the other. It is an, inter- an integral part of what ma- makes marriage good deed and should be done with the intention in- intention of building a legal, social, physical space. In which children are to be welcomed and raised. It goes without saying when a man contracts a marriage, he must commit himself principle to provide for his wife and for her lifetime. So, question for the panel is it lawful and are, are acceptable in your opinion for a Sunni Muslim to contract a marriage knowing in advance that it, that this is that this commitment is temporary. So basically, just jump right on into it. I want to start with g Fahim first, you know what I'm saying, you got the, you got the, you can update on the fix, from a fix standpoint, but then we jump into how, the feelings about it and opinions, but give us the knowledge that you do have about the temporary marriages, aka Big Mutai, the elephant always in the room, <laughs> and you know, it's the down low loving, so. You might fool him, can you give us? No. Shout
0: out to your name, but hold this brand down, okay?
2: I love you um, guys. Let's take on the law. <laughs> I uh, just want to
0: say that.
2: Go ahead
4: for the party. Okay, bro. Well, first, we 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 need to establish that uh, muta marriages are haram, um, and there is there is a minority view about it. Um, but I'm not going to say it here because, you know, there are things in Islam that is knowledge that is not necessary for us to know. And us as black folks, we don't need to run with some stuff. So I'm not going to say it, but you know, uh, people, these, these marriages are haram and, you know, we need to raise the vibration as men and women. If we're going to enter into this, uh, this realm of uh, polygyny and just do it right. And, um, I would just say, um, in, in, in uh addressing the the crowd that if you do it just put everything up front no matter how uh, strenuous the the, the uh, backlash will seem or how hard it will be if brothers who are doing it you know just put everything up front let the backlash come at the front end and just you know have good intentions uh, to really do it because uh, from my experience uh, personal and both what I' uh experienced from people, the biggest part of being in a polygynous marriage is for a man, is temperament. Mm. You know, we often talk about rights, responsibilities, duties, brothers, I'm gonna tell you the biggest thing you need is temperament, <laughs> you know? So, but uh, yeah, avoid those at all costs. And uh, for people who are part of communities do not enable people to be a part of these marriages because they're killing our communities. They are killing our communities. Can I chime uh, that's all I can say on it. Can I chime in and can you hear me clearly? If I'm hearing that I'm inaudible. Not clearly. Okay. But well, I can hear you.
2: We can hear you. Okay, I just wanted to ask Stephanie. Stephanie, do you hear me?
0: I wanted to ask you I know that we know that temporary marriages are haram, as Brother Faheen said, but what about the ones that are
3: temporary but deceptive? as in the brothers right. marry the sisters as we talked about before. Right. You know it's temporary, but they have not left the sister now. Right. Can you um, talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Um Bismillah Rahman Rahim. Um, so just I'm I'm honored to be able to bring the perspective of the new Muslima in because I think it's a very unique um, experience. Coming in as a new Muslim, specifically as a a, a new Muslim woman you come in to Islam very optimistic. Uh, you read about all the wonderful rights that um, the women have and the protection that the women have and how even in polygyny, you know, because in the dunya, um, you know, men are having side chicks. That's not a new thing, right? We know that side chicks, baby mamas, etc. But when you come into Islam, it's like, okay, polygyny is allowed, however, it's heavily regulated. You know, the women have rights. They have to be treated equally. There's not supposed to be secrecy. So even coming into Islam, a lot of times that's a difficult thing for reverts to deal with, but at least we know there's regulation for it. Then with the temporary marriage, for lack of a better term, you're kind of hit with the okey-doke with these brothers, right, and you're not doing properly. You're told, oh, no, we can do a temporary marriage. No, it's fine, and they can even they can show you. show We was allowed, and it happened. And it happened. Oh. I can hear myself echoing. Are you
4: oh, okay? You have to pause do you... Pause do you... Does everyone else have their mic on mute? Okay.
3: Can you guys hear me okay now?
4: Yes, it's 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 the
2: sisters.
3: Okay, perfect. So, um to speak to what um, the sister said, I feel like and I know from personal experience that brothers will marry you with the intention of knowing they don't plan on staying married to you, Mm. right? So it becomes a temporary marriage without the woman knowing that's what it is, because you know, if you do a little research, obviously you find out it's haram, but they have no intention of staying married to you and will either offer you a small dowry or a delayed dowry. I'll give you a month next time I get paid, but by by the time that month comes, the marriage has already been dissolved. Um, I didn't know this was a thing as I went through my experiences and talked to other new Muslimas finding out that brothers will marry a sister consummate and put her in uh the next day, 48 hours later. This is a thing apparently. <laughs> so like the sister said, it's like, you know, they're kind of finding loopholes where no, I, it, it's real marriage. No, no, it's not a contract. I'll give you a dowry, et cetera. But they marry you consummate.
2: And then that's it. They find a reason to divorce you, and like,
3: hmm.
2: yeah. um, sister, is that me? Oh, maybe I need to mute. No, I think it's once. I once. I think once Sabria goes, she um, bring it. So we we'll be all right. <laughs> We're we gonna be all right with it. So alhamdulillah, um, mashallah. Hmm. Now sister uh sister Stacy. Now you can we want you give you give us an insight, your insight on this um this question and just the effects that you've seen on it in the community and how often have you seen because it? it it's it's it, anytime you know any it's probably happened way too way too much but we know it's not something i don't think it's something that's common coming but we know the effects of it and when those effects come in it is creating such a, a major strife in the community and it's not just something in in, in our community this community It's it's all over the the whole <laughs> the nation i don't know how to swept in but can you give us a little insight on your um experience that from hearing about it and, and how, how you see it how you view it
1: well, um, I have been Muslim for 22 years and um, I, to this day, <laughs> had did not know that there was, this is how ignorant I was of it. And when I would see it, I didn't know it had a name. Um, I, I thought it was so diabolical. I, I, I knew it was, it was Haram. I knew that much. Um, I have not experienced it personally, mm-hmm. but I do know of some um uh, families that have experienced it. And it's been quite catastrophic to the whole family structure. Um, I think, and, you know, I agree with, with, with the brother when he said, you know, we should just stay far, far away from this as, as, as much as we can, because, you know, us as African Americans will take a little bit of something, especially when it comes to Islam sometimes, and we'll run with it and whatever inclining, oh, well, maybe it's okay. Maybe it's not, it's not okay. So, uh, you know, I think, staying far away from this, uh, is the best. Um, even if it is, uh, in regards to in a polygamous marriage, because some people don't, you do not you don't even have to be in polygamy in order to do this temporary marriage thing. People right. do it without that. Right. You know what I mean? It has, it has sometimes it has nothing to do with polygyny. So, um, yeah, I think we need to stay clear away from this and, um, you know, getting back to I mean, I'll get once we go to the next questions, I'll move forward. But I, I'll just stop right here and say, Yeah, I, I agree in my opinion and from from studying it and from knowing uh from what Islam says in the Kitab and the sunnah that it's haram.
2: So um you wanna we wanna jump into the polygyny part. <laughs> we wanna jump into that. we go gonna stay stay with you, sister Stacy. Now the temporary marriage thing is one thing, and I, for the most part I never really Seen it too much. I heard about it when it, with the polygyny, but I heard about it just on the low. I heard of certain circles where cats would find fight, fight wise or from certain certain <laughs> from certain shakes to try to make it. You know, what I'm saying to be 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 too legit. And then I remember I, when I was looking myself, like looking into him, like man, this all this all wow. I know the Shi'as was doing it, so I looked and, like I, I was studying, going going through the Sahih. Then I saw with Ali. Really, like I said, and I was like, Yeah, I ain't about to play. You know, saying he gonna play with this. You know, she said, You are you gonna be cursed until the end of the day of judgment. I said, I'm gonna chill. So, <laughs> let's go into the uh, the polygyny question about the, the deception of the secret marriages, uh, and from a polygyny standpoint, and i and how that much that so that just. Can cause an extremely major strife as far as just the how brothers sometimes marrying up their side John. you know what I'm saying? Or are <laughs> just break into account a lot of fitna uh from the streets and bring it to the community where to a point where a lot of times they're embarrassing their respective wives, uh by you know what I'm saying, by doing so many actions that's outside in the world. So, sister Stacy, can you touch on? That particular topic, as far as the, the 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 you know taking up a wife without informing the your um the woman that you are married to uh, previously, I've been been already already married to.
1: Um, I think we need to focus on the word deception. Okay, Because deception is the biggest word here, uh in in my opinion. And if we look at the definition of it, as someone who deceives right? And so with deception comes, you know, the person brings the characteristics of being um, untrustworthy. Um, li- they're liars, right? Um, and they bring about falsehood and trickery. So if we, in Islam, do those things do, is that permissible in Islam? Are, this, are these good characteristics mm-hmm. in our religion? No, they're mm-hmm. not. So I think it's very simple to to, when we add the word deception, if you look at those characteristics and you're going to bring upon a marriage or a union upon this foundation, it's not gonna work. Because first, how can you put a law first when you've added these things that are, they're not in the and Sunnah, where they, nothing about these things have been made permissible. So uh, it's just simple to me. If you're going to add deception, then that's the basis of the foundation of the marriage. And then moving forward, uh, what good do you expect out of it?
2: (laughs) Jazakallah, (laughs) Sister Stacy, for that. Uh, Very, very important insight. Um, Inshallah, we're gonna uh, welcome, alhamdulillah, give our salaams to our brother, Imam Abdul Malik,
4: Alaykum, sir.
2: How are you doing, sir? Salam Salam alaykum alaykum
4: alaykum
5: alaykum. Alaykum. We
2: all happy to see you. We was wondering where you was at. I'm happy to
5: see all of you doing great work.
2: <laughs> yes, sir. Sister Sabria, she having some little difficulties, but we here hold it down for her, and she's going to chime in as much as she possibly can. So, alhamdulillah. She's she going to jump right into it.
5: You guys alaykum. great job. Continuing, inshallah. Inshallah.
2: So, oh, um... <clears throat> Since you, since you didn't, you didn't, you the new kid on the block for right now.
5: I'm looking at this. Um,
2: let's let's hear because I know I, I saw you had a thousand of lives and things. <laughs> Frank exaggerate, but you had a bunch of lives going in on it on the, uh, the 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 decep, deception polygyny, the or the, or the deception marriages. Y'all remember the one live you was going in and somebody I saw somebody in the, in the um and a lot put a hit on you. So let's <laughs> go crazy in that chat. So, so I'm like, man, it ain't even that deep. So give us a little insight and what you, because you are an email, so you're a leader in the community, and you know, and you got to deal and got to cancel this, these situations. Uh, give us your take on on and how consistent has it been as far as destruction and, and causing so much bad energy and bad vibes in the community, and just the people that who, some people who just don't really care you know what i'm saying so how you how do you address that
5: <laughs> well alhamdulillah you know we have a beautiful beautiful book of guidance mm-hmm. we have a great example in the beloved prophet muhammad mm-hmm. who is the embodiment of human excellence and for those of us who want to be successful in our lives we have a reference for success we don't have to reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. one of the most important things beloved is intentions mm-hmm. Mm. everything comes down to intentions and whatever you intend, that's what it's going to be. So when it, when you're dealing with matters of the heart, you're talking about, especially in the gateway of marriage, you're talking about honesty, which is the foundation. In the absence of honesty, there is no successful relationship between a man or a woman, right? So one of the things I've come to learn in this uh, area of deception is you have woollen participants. I used to think people were victims, but I've come to learn now that there are people who actually like this game of deception. It reminds them of the days of Jahiliyyah, for those of them that come from that part of the world or that experience. And for those that may have been born in the faith, they like this game. And I used to think that, you know, that certain elements of the community, they're just victims, but I'm here to tell you something, right? There are people in our community, they actually enjoy this level of darkness and ignorance. And there are some that are victims, no doubt. But it goes back to intentions, right? And it also deals with self-love and self-worth. So when you have self-love and self-worth, you set boundaries in your life. And there's certain things as a person of self-love and self-respect, you will never allow a person to talk you into. And I think when it comes to these arrangements, I don't call them marriages. I call them arrangements for benefits. You know, in the dunya, they talk about friends with benefits. I call them arrangements because the institution of marriage is sacred. It's sacred. And when we marry, we do so in the name of the Creator, seeking His ultimate blessings and the abundance of His bounty with the intentions of longevity, right? The purpose of marriage has spiritual implications. And when that is absent and the flesh is speaking, because all of these secret relationships, they evolve around one thing, right? They evolve Mm -hmm. around people that want to get in the sheets and they want to do it quickly and they can't wait. So they come up with different ideas. I have some friends and relatives who try to convince me of this lifestyle and I just find it very shameful. Uh, because it's contrary to what the book represents and it's contrary to the noble example of the Prophet Muhammad. But I will tell you this, uh, you can only be a victim if you're truly naive. If you don't, But I have found, brother uh, and sisters that are present, I found that a lot of people are not, uh, they're not victims at all. They like this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't give them... uh, they, they have the absence of shame, a lack of accountability, and it's a lifestyle that they have been engaging in for some time now. And quietly, there are groups in our community who they like this nonsense, men and women. I used to be really hard on the brothers because I thought it was the brothers. I would get these cats. You know what I'm saying? You was on their the head. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I was on them. But I have come to learn over a period oh, of time, right? takes that two. Brothers and sisters that this is what they're about. Yeah. And uh, I've seen tears on both sides, but I want to go back to the point of intentions, right? You already know what your intentions are, right? And you're old enough to know at a certain age when you're hearing somebody spit game to you. Like, you can't be a victim knowing that somebody is gaming you when you hear the game. But I must confess, sometimes the game is so sweet. So smooth. Oh, the game is sweet. And there's no doubt that the game of deception is a game filled with candy for the trap. I mean, the honey trap is real. But the consequences of being a self-deceiver, because you can't deceive anybody until you first deceive yourself. The first victim of deception is self-deception. You've got to convince yourself that the evil that you're doing is good. Mm -hmm. And Allah talks about that in the Quran. Allah says that shaitan has made their evil deeds fair-seeming to themselves. We call it deceptive intelligence, making yourself believe that your evil is actually good. So it goes back to intentions. And I tell any brother and sister, you know, if you are sincere about marriage, number one, examine your intentions. Number two, take your time. Take your time and don't be hungry. Because when you're hungry and you're thirsting, especially for sex and intimacy and you're starving to feed because the two elements in the human experience that's very powerful is the yearning for sex and food. Those two desires have no equal. In terms of physical, as a physical component, when you're hungry for food and you're starving for food and you're starving for intimacy, you'll mask it as marriage, you'll mask it as love, you'll mask it as so many things, friendship and all that kind of stuff until you realize it's not really what you want so i end with this right i say to any brother or sister right anytime somebody want to marry you remember that marriage is a public affair no private marriages in islam there are no secret marriages none first of all you have to have witnesses number one the presence of the witness is to convey to the larger community that you are in fact married that's the purpose of the witness so they can tell everybody when they see you hey no they're
2: married and i want to jump off of that i don't want I to cut you off sorry shake but i want to jump off to of that because of that leads into another question that we got i got for you fahim um the correlation of of, of between <laughs> i heard this question before and i want I, I do want to i do want to hear your insight on this the you know i said like the pimp culture in the black community and the modern day polygyny in the dark <laughs> the question like i know i get we have we got getting into a lot of conversations about this and i'd be like man yeah that a lot of cats came in took they shot and they still had some of that pimp in them so i want to know have do like the court dude like what are you seeing as far as the correlation between uh pimping in the black community and the mob do you do you see a correlation and uh <laughs>
4: you talk that was for me that's for you big time ah. <laughs> um well when, Imam Abdul Malik, man, he, he he mentioned some really profound stuff and I'm glad he mentioned it because um, I'll have to say that when people come into Islam and they have this kind of pimping mentality, it's oppressive if you just marry like one sister, right? But at the on the other hand, I think that there is an element, this might sound unorthodox, but there's an element of pimping that a man for lack of a better word that he will need to finesse a woman and i'm talking about dominate a woman but i'm talking about how he needs to deal with a woman and not let his emotions overwhelm him because it's something that's necessary if a person is entering into polygynous uh a polygynous arrangement but if a person is seeking marriage and the sacredness of marriage like that stuff is just you know you you're not uh what's the dude's name uh, you're not Bishop Don Juan. Magic Juan, yeah. Yeah, you're not uh, uh, the dude, the uh, Slim uh, Iceberg Slim. You mm-hmm. know, leave all that. You know, we what, what kind of words can we use here? We we free
2: and clear. Yeah, this this ain't my show. This here, you gotta be a little bit on the.
4: A- uh, leave that ninja stuff out of it. You know, this is Islam. <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa taala purified us. You know, we don't bring that ninja stuff into Islam. But you know, as far as the mentality that you need to really finesse a woman, there has to be an element of, you know, having uh, assertiveness. There has to be an element of being soft, being, you know, understanding, communicating. And then there has to be an element as a man that sometimes you you, you always take care of their feelings, but their feelings are not always primary because feelings are not facts. You know, and our Imam uh, Abdul-Malik mentioned something very important. Everybody's not the victim because I used to think the same way. You know, oh, growing up with a mom and three sisters, I'll always, you know, be inclined to take the side of the sisters. What happened? He did what? He said what? And ready to get a group of brothers, you know, to do something. And next thing you know, the sister was totally complying with it, you know. And uh I, I mean, I got so many stories I could tell you about this, but I mean, you know, leave that stuff and just honesty. Be honest if you're going to enter into one of these arrangements and take, like I, I mentioned before, take the backlash up front, you know, but just be honest, you know, and uh, try to uh, get a jump start on. It. Like, if someone, like, and th- uh, the other thing we should mention, polygynous marriage is for men, not male species. It's for men, men who are going to get married, who are going to have a good intention to take care of a woman and take all of the stuff that comes with dealing with with two women or three women because there's a lot that you need you know what I mean and it's beyond money it's beyond you know giving the you know, equal rights it's really about having taqwa wallahu subhanahu with the Isla and dealing with a sister you know so oh, yeah but that that there's an element um, between finesse and pimping yeah I, 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 you know you already know it's about to go,
2: it's about to go when can, you said that but can yeah, I try and, yes please because I, we want to so we wasn't about to jump into the accountability part from the suspect, uh, but I wanted to because I already got it. To, I'm looking at the comments. I got a text like this: "That that, that thing is pippin pippin Brothers, so I was like, but you gotta explain. Uh, <laughs> but they really uh, want to know exactly what you mean by that because that is that's definitely going to get took out of context because you know what I'm saying is it sound like I, I, I think I understand what you're saying, but I want to hear. How the sisters took it, and then I want to drop. I want to go back to what Imam Ali got to say to it because I, I took it a certain type of way, but I don't think I would have said "pimp" out loud. So, uh, sister, sister, uh, say, Stacey. I think you want to go. You know, uh,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm burning at both ends over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay. So, if we're gonna reel it back just a little bit, um, the, the initial question was: Has the pimp culture, you know, the whole uh, has it? resonating itself into current situations of how we deal with polygyny now? Um, and my answer is absolutely. Um, and I'm going to speak specifically to um, the African-American Muslim community. Um, and through all of my, my travels throughout um, Africa, Muslim countries and throughout Africa and um, the Gulf countries. I have never in my whole Islamic life heard polygyny talked about so much than in African-American communities. And when I first came into an Islam, the first thing, the first thing I heard of was not Tawheed. It wasn't, you know, how to pray. What I was first told first is that, you know, if you get married, your husband can have four wives. And so the, Initially, I was like, OK, so where where how sacred is the institution of marriage? Because is this the only way that we practice marriage in Islam? No. But if you speak to an African-American Muslim male, primarily, he's going to say the first thing that's going to come out of his mouth is that it's a religious marriage. And that's the only successful marriage in Islam. Um, Prophet Muhammad was had a monogamous marriage as well. And what, what I don't get is why we skip over the fact that he was married to Khadijah and he had a successful loving marriage with her. We have proof through the Sunnah and the, and the Kitab and Sunnah that tells us that. So being say for instance a new shahada you're coming into islam and the the sacredness of marriage is only equal to a plural marriage right it's only equal to that to some so i think we we should revisit i i get what the you know the brother was saying um the the pimp mentality because it's a way to finesse a woman i think is maybe maybe finesse was a better word yeah, <laughs> You know, for Esther, you know, you know, shoot that, you know, the game, you know, he got mad game, you know, I, you know, I got you, I, I get, I get what he was. Let's saying. say confidence,
2: a certain level of confidence. Yeah,
1: you know, you're extremely confident in what you're doing, and y'all said uh,
4: pimping, that's why I said it. But I
1: think, I think it's worth revisiting if somebody could bring us back to what marriage is in Islam. I know we're talking about polygamous marriages, but that's not the only marriage in Islam. And if we, I think we've lost focus on what marriage means in in Islam, uh, total in totality. So if if somebody can bring us back to that, I don't know if the Imam can do that or what. If um, I don't know, Sabria, if that's okay.
2: <laughs> um, but let me um, well, I think I think because I thought also want Imam to um Malik. To, I think I also want Stephanie to just jump, just jump in on this before we go to imam Malik because I want her because we really have to discuss the accountability factor from sisters. We right. have to talk about it. It is extremely important because if a woman is a side John, let's say that she's a side, she's a side sister, right? That means she knowingly knows about the situation beforehand. That the beforehand that she got into. So I'm not saying I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm saying is that it has to be told the, the, the spectrum has to be told in totality to, to, to because when especially online we always try to get into it it's like every every conversation that online with Muslims is, is marriage and it's always the it always leads to the whole polygyny how why they hate it and blah 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 then it goes back to men versus women and every every man is a dog so and, and this <laughs> these are Muslim conversations and um, so I want to hear this insight from sister um, Stephanie, just like explaining accountability from a sister's pr- perspective. And then I want Iman Malik to jump in uh, and spe- also speak on it from the accountability standpoint from brothers, but also the, 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 the going back to the, as far as the finessing. I really want to hear Absolutely. This I,
3: I would love to speak on this because like sister said, I was sitting here like, Oh, I want to say something. <laughs> um, well, speaking first, speaking to the old, pimp conversation right now i definitely understood why we use that term as well and i think if we look at at what a pimp is so we can kind of correlate it right a pimp convinces a woman to do something that's unnatural for her completely unnatural go out sell your body bring me the money sleep with multiple men put your put your morality on the line for me and bring me money what could convince a woman to do that right? The same things that are happening within the Muslim community, it's the same concepts being used. They're preying on a woman's need for protection, a woman's need for leadership, a woman's need to feel like she's part of a family. It's a different umbrella. Because what would convince a woman to marry a man in secret? What would convince a woman to be deceptive and to give herself to a man in marriage? But I can't tell anybody. I know the sister. I know the other wife who he's married to. I'm not going to say nothing. Why? Because he's appealed to that part of me that wants to be protected, that wants to be loved. That And, and they prey on the pimps and the junior, prey on the weak women, prey on the broken women. Because you're not gonna, naturally, you're not going to go get a woman who had a mother and a father and was raised up right and put her on the corner. He's looking for the wounded woman. And the same thing happens in our community. What do they do? The new shahada who don't know. Or the sisters who maybe had a horrible husband, they were in monogamy. Well, come on, sister, listen, I I would, I love you. I'm going to love you like you've never been loved. Just just don't tell nobody. So it's the same mentality that's happening with pimping. It's just being translated in a different way into the community. So I definitely understand why that correlation. Now, what happens with accountability? It lies with us. The women, honestly, it lies with us. Why? Because they can't do it if we don't let them. They're not raping us. They're not forcing us to marry them. We, they cannot do it if we don't let them. And woman to woman, sister to sister, we have to be accountable to each other because if he'll deceive you, if he'll deceive her, he'll deceive you. See, when, Oh, he gonna lie to her, but he ain't gonna lie to me, I'm special. He gonna cheat on her, but he ain't gonna cheat on me cause I'm special. No, you're not special. You're not special. It's gonna be the same situation. The next wife is gonna be in done secret. The next wife after that. So if we as women put our foot down, we say, No, I'm gonna protect my sister. That's my sister in Islam. You're not gonna lie. You wanna marry me, then you need to let her know. It needs to be a public situation. She doesn't have to like it. But one thing I'm gonna do is hold up my part. And he can either say yeah or nay. And until we as women start doing that, this is going to continue. They cannot do anything to us that we don't let them do. We are not being forced into these situations sisters at all. And I see sister after sister putting up a bull crap from that pimp mentality. He promised me he will love me. He told me he never felt this way before. I, honey, it does lie with us. And yes, we, we bash the men. I've been part of it. Trust. But at the end of the day, we hold the power because they can't marry us unless we say yes. And they can't lay down with us unless we lay down with them. So I think there's more accountability on the sisters. And I know I'm probably going to get some haters on this. I'm going to go ahead and be quiet and mute my mic right quick, but... <laughs>
2: I'm going to tag you. Uh, everyone they say, I'm going to tag you in it. So Imam Malik, I, I, I want... I want... I Please.
5: Well and Malik. You're not going to like what I'm going to say. So you can choose to mute the mic But I'm gonna tell you right now, this is what I call nigger shit. Excuse my French, and I'm gonna tell you why. We're gonna destroy the future of Islam and the future of family life. We have no clue what we're playing with. In the Muslim community, Mm -hmm. only niggers are doing stuff like this. Mm
2: -hmm. And that's
5: why we're suffering, right? We gotta get rid of the idea in our heads We got to get that slave mind out of our heads that we're pimping and, and maneuvering with men and women. See, all that's satanic, baby. That's all shaitan. That's all shaitan. That is purely shaitan. And any woman that loves God and loves her sister will always respect the principles of truth and will never do anything to another woman's family that she wouldn't want done to her family. Any brother that loves his wife and respects his family and fears Allah would never deceive his wife and open her up to the sexual transmitted diseases and the potential death. I know sisters right now who can't get married because brothers deceived them and infected their bodies with diseases that are deadly right now. And we're the only group of Muslims in the world that I have met that this is the biggest thing on our mind. And we have reasons. I'm telling you right now, 999% of the brothers in the community don't even qualify to have one wife. Why are we having the conversation about having multiple? And here's a key here's a key it's not women who just come from broken families and vulnerability. I thought it was that way. that, right? But there are men and women right now who love the game. It don't matter if they have a father. It don't matter if they had a brother. It don't matter if they got an education. I know highly qualified women with degrees and money and all that a woman can hope for in the material sense, right? But don't have that self-love and don't have that strength and confidence to know, number one, you don't need a man. You don't need a man. You don't, and I want to be very clear about what I mean about this, right? We need to understand we don't need anyone in the beginning to be happy and to be in love. We need a relationship with the maker. Marriage is essential, yes, but we have been programmed. I need a woman. I need a man. I'm so unfulfilled. I'm so broken. I can't make it. Nobody See, if you have a broken spirit, you're going to attract broken people. And when you've been psychologically damaged for 400 years, we may be black America and Muslim America and many are born in Islam, but we have to deal with this slave conditioning of our mind because it's a slave mentality. Mm. I mean, brothers, even imams, they got all these damn kids with all these sisters and they have no relationship with these children, none. And their sons are selling drugs and Daughters are going to print. What what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? And you know why this is allowed in the black Muslim community? Because there's no structure. There's no leadership. There's no accountability. Once there's accountability, when I became Muslim, brothers could never do that kind of foolishness. You could never go marry a sister secretly and walk up to the masjid. You couldn't do that nonsense. And it's a younger generation now of young brothers who were born in Islam like to play with doctrine and there are sisters that are also playing with doctrine right and we justify what we want and i say this to you respectfully right we need to have an open discussion right about what is marriage in islam to begin with what is marriage prophet muhammad if brothers say well i want to follow the sunnah okay you want to follow the real sunnah the real sunnah is monogamy until your first wife dies that's the sunnah the prophet never had a second wife until khadijah passed away if you want to deal with it in the sunnah, in the strictest of the sense of the sunnah. But my question is, when are we going to be honest? Like, I'm watching our economics right now as a community. We're trapped in poverty. We don't have education. We don't have business. We don't have the finances. We can't even take care of the families that we have. How are we just involving ourselves in all of these relationships? And then many of our sisters respectfully um they are lowering their standards right? oh, I'll marry you, I know you can't afford to pay the bills. we'll do Dutch 50 50 like this kind of stuff only we're doing this nonsense. And no one respects us. I just want to be very clear when the world looks at us as people, they don't have respect for us because we are living out our ignorance using the prophet's lifestyle and Islamic, cultural traditions that predated Islam. The idea of polygamy comes before Islam. Islam didn't introduce polygamy to men. And right. it's a cultural
2: it was, polygamy, right? right? It's all
5: over the world, right? And Islam
2: cleaned it. Huh? The Islam cleaned it up and gave it, more, it, gave it some
5: well, more I, of a... I'm gonna say this, right? I think we have to understand self-worth. Like self-worth, brothers and sisters. Yes is your sense of self-value and what is the objective of a marriage? And what are you looking for when you decide you want to open your life to someone? And I've learned something, right? People focus on their options, but they forget about consequences, Mm. right? Every decision you make has consequences, right? So you got to think, especially if you're a woman or a man with children, because our young people are watching us. You see our sons and daughters, quietly they're taking notes. So who's daddy married to now? Mm, How long is that going to last, daddy? Oh, two (laughs) months? Really, daddy? And this is your Islam? Oh, and this is the way of life that, oh, and this is better than the people in the dunya. No, we are definitely part of the dunya lifestyle now. I can see it, right? So I say this respectfully to all that are listening, right? Why don't we study, like, what is marriage in Islam? what does it mean to have fidelity what does it mean to have integrity and honesty like what does it mean to really be a brother or a sister in islam like it's really deceitful that you're marrying somebody's husband right and you're hugging on them in a the masjid. how are you Mashallah. how's everything now this is and you're sleeping with her husband that you say is your husband now, but it's all deception. So the blame is not just on brothers. I blame mm-hmm. the women and men, because guess what? My mother taught me this. It takes two to tangle. That's right. It takes two to tangle. And it's not, you know, it's kind of sad. It makes me sad because I, I see the damage that we're doing to our children. That's me right. the most, is I see the yep. damage yep. that's being done to our children. And From there. I highly Go recommend ahead. If you really want to look, talk to the children. And I just want to end on this point if I can, right? As men, we got to come out of that dunya mindset of controlling and manipulating and how to control women, make them do things that we want them to do. But like all that stuff is the idea. It's very unhealthy. It's very unhealthy. And it may seem to work, but when you understand the power of human will, you'll never make a woman or man really do anything that they already don't want to do. I used to ask myself the question, why did Adam eat in the garden? And we always say, well, shaitan made him do it, right? But there had to be something in Adam that he was attracted to the whisper of shaitan. And what was he attracted to? He said, look, you'll live forever and you'll have power and dominion. So what's in us as men and women that we attracted to deceit and secrecy. What is it that we like? That you know, that stolen cookie. It tastes better than the one your mama gave you. It's the same cookie.
2: So, from that from that standpoint, Imam Fahim, right? And I, to segue right into it, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say something though, and I and I and I to get it, like to the younger generation. See, the, the, I'm born and raised Muslim, right? Most of my peers are. So a lot of the so and also I came from the nation of Islam and my mom was going back and forth to church then back to the Tarikas and stuff like that right. So in that process I experienced a lot of Muslim stuff and then get it made me have a blind <laughs> a blind eye. I really I I I came this close from apostate. I did not want to be around Muslims and so um, because especially going from like structure like the nation of Islam and then coming to um, a religion where you see. Man, just I—I never in my life saw women get treated like that. Even when I was like a little kid in the streets, like had like a dope boy, they honored their main girl, you know what I'm saying? But these dudes was having their main women in shacks and four or five. I said, I never in my life want to do that. Then I got older and see that it became, and then I took on some of those traits once I got around that community, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what's around. That's what I knew, and I had to pray and cry to a lot to remove. Some of those, you know what I'm saying? That type of element of thought outside of me. I had to cry. You know what I'm saying? And so it's imagine what you you growing up and seeing your mama being married or multiple times and your father, not, not my your father, but a lot of men, a lot of the children, fathers being married every other month. No, and you don't and you don't, and you don't how can you not recognize our communities are the poorest in the country by far, but the poorest. And because it's it's because of poor behavior, and you know what I'm saying? We and I know most of us have played a part into that, so we gotta keep it all the way real. I gotta keep it all the way real. But as we grow and mature, we should address those things as they come. But it always is a root, mm-hmm. it is always a root. So, Imam Fahim, please give us your thoughts on where did this root come from and how can we try to um you know get so what, what was, the, was some of that that spray to try to get to kill kill these roots and and, and plant some new trees. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh.
4: Wow. Um I just I it kind of started when the you know like uh before we really became Muslim and just the attack on the family structure, you know, and we've lost that concept of, you know, men seeing, uh, boys seeing men in the, in the home, taking care of everything. And, you know, the men absent, you know, like my generation is like an entire generation missing,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
4: you know, passing that, you know, manhood on to boys, show them how to be vulnerable, show them how to be masculine at the same time, show them work ethic, show them ma- mannerisms, behavior, you know, all of these things we've just been missing and, uh, uh, the, just, just the man are missing and growing up as a male then to a man or a male figure and not having these qualities has been a big problem. A lot of these, uh, a lot of these so-called men are really victims because you hear some of this stuff. I'm like, yo, bro, where you, where you get this from, man? Like, this is stuff that we didn't even do when we was cold niggas in the street. Like you was just mm-hmm. mentioning, it. like, if you had a, if you had a main girl, you took care of her, you care. took care of the neighborhood. You made sure kids went to school. You swept up the block that you hustled on. You did all types of stuff, man. And I, so this is like, ah, uh, it's you know, it's just a, a, a breakdown in the family structure that we've been missing. And then we come to Islam and act like this stuff hasn't had a psychological impact on us. And a lot of us we're walking around undiagnosed. <laughs> we're walking around undiagnosed, and we need a lot of we need a lot of serious help that is going to go beyond just you know reading the Quran and following the Sunnah, and you know, we do some vicar, but we need some professional help, man. You know, we, we're broken. Well, may Allah help us, but I mean, just the missing family structure over time is one, one of the things that I see as the root cause, you know, may Allah help us.
2: I mean, like I like Imam so said, we had this talk all the time, me and the brothers, uh, all the time, and some of us who done lived a certain lifestyle and got away from certain things and it seems like a lot of times we use the dean to enhance that nigga ish. You know what I'm saying? Like we use like cats will use certain things to enhance it. And it then the thing about it is that it plays like it's like a you know what I'm saying, Kaka rolls down the hill type of deal, and it become acceptable. Um, except for a person who Allah will give restore their consciousness or give them a consciousness to um to you know try to try to address and and fight against it. So may Allah preserve us all to, to, to do that. And um, you know what I'm saying, try to stand again and, and fight our own desires and our own temptations in the in the midst of that. Um, Sister Stacy, I really want to um uh, also you address in the same way, but from the standpoint of how did that pain affect the women and the hurt from this deception and just the, the ways that we have taken in in our communities as being something of acceptable, uh, just accepting uh foolishness. Let's keep on all right. G. You know what I'm saying? Just accepting it. And how and the effect of the children, because I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure like you guys, the mothers and aunties. And again, like I said, I was a child of, of certain communities. I, I know the effect and I know effect. You know what I'm saying? So give us uh, just how do you see it and see fit and how to deal with that pain and, and try to overcome the deception or the, or the deception. But the, the roots, how can we address these roots?
1: Well, you know, as as Sister Stephanie was saying that, um, you know, women have to take accountability as well. Um, but until we all take accountability, men and women collectively, um, this is where the solution comes comes into play. Um, we as women, I think what gets me and, and, and I grapple with victim and you know the woman made a choice she has to take accountability. And this is where I say um, I'm gonna say sometimes it is a victim because brothers can use the the religion to justify their actions that have nothing to do with Islam. They'll take their own interpretation of what something means, Um, you know, say for instance, I'm gonna say the most, what I have seen and witnessed is one of the most uh, abused um, quote unquote right a brother has is um, the woman is supposed to obey her husband to me this is the most uh, misused uh right that the brother has over his his wife and so they use that And say for instance i'm gonna give you an example you have a sister she's she's maybe she's the first wife and the brother has two or three wives the first wife she has the section eight right she has the section eight which this section eight uh provides her home for her and her children the next wife, she may have a job. She may be very successful, right? The brother doesn't have to pay rent there at that house because she works and pays that rent at that house, right? The first wife doesn't ha- he doesn't have to pay rent at her house either because she's on Section Eight. Is maybe it's maybe ten dollars or something. I'm just using like just general things. He goes to the third wife. The third wife, she doesn't pay. Rent. He doesn't pay her rent either. He doesn't even buy food. She's on food stamp. She's on Section Eight. So it just keeps trickled down to the fourth one, right? where is the, the accountability for the brother, right? This, and this is where the pimping comes into play as the sister was talking about. We accept certain things as women, we accept these things. And I do know sisters who have accepted things for the mere sake of pleasing Allah because brothers present it as if, it's pleasing your Lord to do this. You understand what I'm saying? So I do know sisters have fallen victim to this, especially especially new shahadas. Fallen victim to this because they don't you really don't. When you're coming to Islam, you're you're green. You're vulnerable. You're you're extremely vulnerable to doing what's right. Right. You want to do what's correct. You want to leave that life, the street, whatever life you left, the Jahiliya, the before Islam, you want to do what's correct. And now you come into Islam and you get someone and you get a brother who's actually treating you worse than worse than a male that before before you were Muslim. So that's what's disheartening to me is that some sisters experience these things with brothers that is actually worse than a non-Muslim would treat you. We we really need to look at our community. And I do agree with the brother when he said that this goes way back. This is something that our family structure as African-Americans. I don't think that the broad spectrum of, you know, if we have someone who, say, for instance, if they're from, Uh, Saudi Arabia, if they're from Egypt or something, their understanding and their family structure has been held to a certain standard, right? They have, you know, their cultural means and their Islamic means and understanding. But what we have is something that has already broken to begin with. And so we come to Islam to look for guidance, structure, and then what do we encounter sometimes? Deception. We 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 encounter deception, so I, I think I probably got off track a little bit, brother, and I apologize um, for what you were asking me. But I I, I do think it, it boils down to understanding who we are, who you who we are as individuals, and how the and as the man was saying, coming back to what marriage means in Islam, we can't shy away from that. What does it mean? What what is the definition of it? How can we Uh, How can we come back and circle back and correct this? Because our children are suffering. Mm -hmm. If you look at the, if you ask the average child and I did this with with Muslim children all the time, maybe Mm -hmm. I I talk to teenagers a lot, maybe 15 to 20. And I ask them, you know, do you you know you want to get married? You want, you know, and the first thing they say, well, I don't know, because my father, he's on his his Tenth wife, and you know, what I'm saying I don't know if I can handle that. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't like the way he's treating his these women. So it, it's sad. It's really sad that our children have to witness this over and over and over and over again. So we have to really serious job to clean this up. And that's why I commend Sabria with this platform. That we have to come together and talk about this. I don't care how long we have to talk about it, but there has to be some solution.
2: Then, you look at y'all, y'all just segue into everything that we are we already got going popping off. So, from there, and we got so that's and that's one I really want to hear the, the um sister Stephanie's input on this because she is basically a new kid on the block, you know what I'm saying? But she got her own experience. You from, from, from a lot of times, you got it's good to hear from uh, uh, I don't say revert convert side and to hear from a side once you come into the, the dean because it, it's a, it's a different perspective than those of us. Some of us was born, even though I went outside a little bit, was born into Muslim households and those who, who can, who really, unless you was in the streets, I mean, it's like some of us was, you really know the difference between, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what you experience out in the world, let's say the world and what you, and how, and how you thought when you took shahada, it was going to clean it up. But what, what it did do was add on to the abundance of pain that you already had going on beforehand. So sister um, Stephanie, I want to hear, we're not going to keep doing the sway song. I want to hear what can we do? No, I I don't want to hear your standpoint as far as the pain um, perspective and and the cleaning up the roots, but I also want to hear your standpoint of, let's get to, let's try to work on the solutions and how can we get to trusting one another again? And what steps are you going to take? And what steps that you think would be better for it? I I, I don't because I, we can brothers. I think brothers probably speak for what we gonna do from our end from accountability side, and assist is what you can see from a a woman from perspective of the woman side as far as accountability. Not let's take that word out the way. As far as making efforts to heal each other and trust one another, let's say that.
3: Right, right, right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, every I agree with everything you said, sis, and even um going back to what uh, Imam Malik said earlier about. You know the children being affected. Now we're not even talking about Muslim children because when you're dealing with the revert, we're coming in with our children. We're teaching our children this is the truth. We have to serve Allah. This is different. Things are going to be different now. Mommy's going to be good now. Mommy's going to find good men now, and they're going to teach you to be good Muslims and etc. Right? So like the sister was saying, you come in starry-eyed as a new Muslim. These these men fear Allah. Oh, this is going to be different. They fear Allah. They pray five times a day. They speak Arabic. Oh, I I hit the jackpot. It's going to be good now. And what ends up happening? You get treated worse. You don't even get taken out to dinner before you get taken to bed. Mm -hmm. You get treated better. Unfortunately, up to this point, I've been treated better by men in the dunya than the brothers. And if you're not strong in your faith, if the reason that you came to Islam wasn't a hundred percent Allah, you will take this hijab off and say, I'm good because I've seen it happen over and over again, only in a, a year and a half now, because the sisters get, um, preyed on, like you said, you get treated worse than you were treated in the junior and the disappointment. And then you relate that to Islam Even family. Now on the outside, looking in is like, this is what Islam is. This is, this is who Muslim men are now they have no interest in hearing anything about islam they already heard about the 9 11 stuff and the terrorists and all the foolishness but now my family member became a muslim and she's getting treated worse than she was before she was muslim i don't want anything to do with this and like you said the children say okay well how many men mommy gonna marry this time Oh, this brother so-and-so brother Rahim, brother fahid brother this and that it's, you know, a revolving door. I've been Muslim a year and a half, and I've been married twice already. Twice already in a year and a half. but And that kind of segues into the accountability now. So for the new Muslim, you come in, first step is education. That's going to be the first thing yes. that takes a problem. Specifically for, I can only speak from a new Muslim's perspective, because I came in thinking, when I hear somebody's been Muslim 20 years, they know it all. No, (laughs) no, no, unfortunately not. So the first step is education. And I think the women need to start teaching the women. Because if I'm coming in already hurt, not trusting men, maybe I've been hurt by a few men already, I need my sisters to come to me now and teach me. I don't want to hear nothing really that this brother's saying to me because, you know, I heard it all. The women have to start teaching the women based on Quran, based on Sunnah, what's proper. What is a Wali? What is his responsibility? What is an imam supposed to be doing in the community, etc.? So that when the brother comes to me with the okey-doke, I can say, wait a minute. Mm -mm, mm -mm." No, uh, it says right here, A, B, C, and D. That's the first education. Like, across the board, education. We have all these conversations about marriage and polygyny, but are we talking about, like you said, what marriage is supposed to be? Are we using examples of the Prophet and Qadija? and 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 the ideal marriage are we telling sisters what their rights are as far as a dowry is concerned, what their rights are as far as um, being maintained is concerned, even any debt being maintained. you know So education is first and accountability of course, like we kept saying accountability, if we stop it, if the women stop it, it's not going to continue we have to put our foot down and we have to start respecting one another as sisters it stems back to slavery and that's a whole other conversation but respecting each other as women and taking accountability and taking up to one another and i feel that's how we can move into healing because not only are the children being affected we're losing muslims women are leaving the deen shortly after getting in. Mm -hmm. Because you come in and your experience is worse. So you say, why do I need to be hot? Why do I need to be wrapped up and covered in 90 degree weather and get treated worse than I did when I was out there cool? And I'm just keeping it real. It's not an easy uh, uh, changeover anyway, becoming a Muslim. You got your family against you. You got the world against you. You're being discriminated against. You gotta learn how to fast. You gotta learn how to pray. You gotta learn how to speak a whole new language. And on top of that, I have to shift through deception within the community. It's too much. It's so too hard. much. It's too much. So accountability, but first education, education paired with accountability. Masha'Allah,
1: oh, mashallah.
2: May Allah make it easy. May Allah give us the strength to, to endure this and then this, this 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 road that we own to to increase awareness of, of, of genuine love amongst one another and uh compassion amongst one another and just learning ourselves and knowing what we what we can and can't deal with and stop trying to be dudes brother stop trying to be macho um you know buck lover and the sister you know what i'm saying and i can only speak for brothers y'all know what y'all gotta do but um we about to we got we got the 15 minute mark we'll be closing out in about uh about about 15 minutes so we definitely want to give every get everybody a chance to try to give give a uh a thought on again like what sister stephanie said um or the question I asked her, uh solutions, right? And not uh superficial solutions or the old um you know basic well, Quran is always the key. We know that. But what implementations of what we learn through the Quran and embodiment of what we learn through our Prophet Muhammad S- Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and then from Fatua to um you know what I'm saying the different levels of adab and different things like that. I mean other um different things like that to enhance our, uh, basically enhance our character to be the right, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, the right ambassadors or right uh, uh, represent- representatives of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And um, I, again, like I said, I can speak for myself because I am a panelist even though I'm, the, I'm the host co-hosting, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely one of them cats to get on no nothing, no, no soapbox or anything because i'm I, I i'm messed up i've got a whole bunch of nigga nigga in me like everybody else right and so i'm fighting that right and so i'm fighting that and so i've created programs to to right my wrongs right um plenty of them um for getting for fatua classes we're dealing with my with my in my in the city to um um just trying to invite young men to you know what i'm saying to learn about the prophetic characteristics and knowing it's not just about a Thobe and, and, and the Kufi, but it's also the most important thing is the chivalry and servitude and, and making sure you're looking out for your surroundings and those around you, especially our most vulnerable, which is our women. And so we, I'm, I'm a person on my own mission to right my wrongs, right? And so I can only, I don't only speak for myself and I've got the same um, issues that the average dude got. So I'm not, I would never try to get it on, on, the, on the pedestal like that and try to make it like you know, what I'm saying, separate my, my, my me from others when dealing with things reminder reminders, always for myself first. Um, and I want to make it around so again, we're going to go to um, I want to go here, hear from you, brother Fahim. Uh, you can give us um, a short remark, but a good remark, and then Imam Malik can give us a um, nice remark. Um, and then my uh, sister Stacy, um, as far as just solutions and just applying these characteristics of the Prophet Muhammad into. Uh, increasing love and compassion within, within our people and with our communities.
4: Um, I think a key element really is when men have to really reestablish themselves as men, and uh, really return to the sunnah of, of being the whole, complete man. You know, where we're we're masculine. You know, we're firm, we're, we're uh, assertive, but we also compassionate. We communicate. We listen. And uh, I remember something my my great aunt told me. She wasn't Muslim, but this is very important for every man. She said that her dad, my my great grandfather, she said, Daddy took care of everything. We gotta be those kind of men that take care of everything. Because we talk about the Ayah in the Quran, well Allah says, That word means like management, you know. So wherever a man can't make, you know, wherever he can't hold his weight, like financially and other. He gotta make it up in other places. He gotta be a, like an efficient general manager. Take care of everything from A to Z to make sure that all the cylinders are operating smoothly. You know, so to my fellow brothers out there, you know, be the men who take care of everything. 100, 100 in the marriage, where the woman can't meet you, you pick up her weight. You know what I mean? And still listen, your son, let him your sons and daughters, let them see the example. Uh, real quick, my daughter got married. And I feel sorry for her husband because you know, I, I can at least say that from what I observed, she saw a good father, you know. And I'm I'm trying to stay out of their life, but you know, and I'm trying to tell her listen, don't judge him by me. You it's your own journey because he he ain't me. There's only one boom bat, <laughs> and that's me. I had to throw that in there, but you got it. Yeah, but <laughs> men, be ready to take care of everything from A to Z and then you you know once we get that back part of it that's part of it we'll see things fall in place and we ask Allah to give us tawfiq. I mean,
2: I mean, I mean. Imam out.
5: Well, I'll say this, Law. Uh, I think there are different levels of solutions based on people's experience where they are on their journey. I don't believe in one way that this is the way to do it. Right. A brother put up a beautiful comment. He said, I'm beginning to question myself as a man, right? Because men seem to be so bad. There are great Muslim brothers in our community. Let there be no doubt. There's some phenomenal, beautiful, mm. amazing, dedicated, devoted, loyal Muslim brothers in the community. And there's some amazing, phenomenal women that have dedicated themselves to do the will of Allah and to do their best in pursuit of human excellence. And we thank them for being a great example to us. But normally the people that do bad get the most attention. Right?
2: Oh, yep. One of
5: the things I would say is for those of us that are a little older, it's very important to accept responsibility for your own life and your own decisions, right? If you come, and I want to go to people coming into it, right? I'm a convert also. If you come to the path of truth. Part of coming to the path of truth is to know shaitan is coming at you from every direction. And if you let an experience with a man or a woman make you leave the dean, then that's your weakness. It's not mm-hmm. the person, it just means you was a weak link in the chain, because mm-hmm. all the things we experience in the dunya, right, we experience the same kind of stuff in the dunya, and we still go to the club. We still go yeah. back and hang out, right? We get rejected, we get tricked. We... So people sometimes will use an experience in the dean to leave and say, oh, I can't be Muslim no more. Well, what were you Muslim for? So we want to be clear. One of the things that's a key is in our communities, we need structure. So there needs to be a group of men and women that are structured in the community to guard the community, right? You have to have protection. And you have to have an educational platform where if a sister is new and a brother is new, not just a sister, I want to be very clear, there are wolves amongst the women and the men, and they target the new people. So, you move from the community who say, Listen, that's a new brother, that's a new sister. These are five weeks of orientation. And you take those five weeks and you teach the basics of Islam, but you also gotta teach human nature. You also gotta teach what does it mean to look for a wife or look for a husband, and what is compatibility. To me, the solution is always, man, the revolution of your mind. If You weaponize your mind, you revolutionize your life. Anybody that wants to change has to start with education, right? Education, education, education. And it's not just, uh, you know, people use the, the word like, oh, Quran and Sunnah. That needs to be explained because everything yes. is not. Yes. The book of Sunnah, right? There are things that we need to know. The foundation of the wisdom of God is sufficient. But there are many things that Allah has blessed others to write about that we need to study. One of the yep. greatest experience I had is reading about women's studies, reading about relationships, studying human nature, studying the nature of man, the nature of women, studying the nature of love and loyalty and fidelity, and also identifying deception, right? What is deception? What is manipulation? How do you see the signs of people who come into your life with bad intentions? I believe one of the key factors is, is, you know, For those of us that are a little older, it's self-acceptance, self-love, and self-responsibility. Take responsibility for the decisions that you make and learn how to make decisions. Like the best decisions are made on the best information. So if I'm interested in a system, she's interested in me, the best way for me to know if me and her are compatible, if there's chemistry, right, is I got to slow it down and I got to do some homework. And we can't have these, I'm talking solution-based now, right? We can't have these shotgun Islamic marriages. We have to ban mm. that
2: stuff. Yes, kill it. We
5: make people feel so uncomfortable with it that they don't come around no more. If they want to do that, they should not be able to do it in our community. We should shun them, really, because they're causing a lot of damage, especially to children. And I'll end with this. I think one of the key solutions is understanding the danger of selfishness. When you're selfish and you're indifferent to other people's needs and pain and other people's rights, there's nothing you won't do because you got brothers and sisters who have been wounded, right? Now, they don't care who they hurt. Yes. It's like, I was hurt, well, whatever. It happened to me, it could happen to you. We have to deal with these issues and we have to also let brothers and sisters know that we were born, created, and designed for human excellence and we can rise above the storm, right? Because, and I'm gonna share this with you real quick and I'm gonna go, right? I'm not gonna go too long. I was talking to a young lady, her name is Linda. I call her Dr. Linda. And one night we were talking on the phone for a very long time. She said, you're not hurt, Abdul Malik I said, what are you talking about? you talking about I'm not hurt? She said, no, you're angry. I said, what are you talking about? She said, baby, you're not hurt, you're angry and I slept on her words all night. Mm. I realized that, right? I wasn't hurt. I was angry, that's all. Because when you understand what true love is, love will never hurt you. Love can hurt you. True love will never hurt you. What hurts is not knowing that someone is in your life and they have duplicity and a hidden agenda. What hurts is you trust someone, right? You trust. Your trust is broken because you trusted them. But it's not always because you love them or they loved you. So I began to study, right, what's the difference between love, pain and suffering, and being angry. And when I realized I was angry about the anger disappeared because I wasn't hurt. I was angry. And I think we need classes on how to deal with anger. How to deal with trauma of the past? To understand that we have control by Allah's grace, we can shape and reshape our lives, and we can experience the majesty and the beauty of love with someone that is truly committed to the institution of marriage. But I learned one thing: as I, you'll defeat evil. Your job is only to confront it. Evil has already been defeated. Allah has done with shaitan, but we confront evil. And the best fight the evil is the evil that's within us. First challenge self. So I don't put no brothers and sisters down. When I talk, I speak in general terms, but I have a lot of brothers who I love and I have family members that I love but I don't like what they do when it comes to dealings, especially with the women. But then they always prove me wrong. And it's like, look, like the sister said earlier, I'm not putting a gun to their head. They come of their own free will. So if we make mistakes, as men and women, take responsibility, and let's make it better. But inshallah, we can do better. But we gotta be a little harder, some of us. Because some of us, we don't take it lightly. We don't take a nice message like, may Allah bless you, may you be forgiven. No, some of us, we gotta go. Like, yo, that's not happening over here. Homeboy, eye to eye, you can't do that around here. You understand? Sister, you can't do that over here. Some of us, we gotta be a little stern with, because our people can be stiff-necked and rebellious. And we mm-hmm. gotta protect families. I mean, I wish I had a whole hour just to talk about the damage that we do when we don't protect families. We're hurting the children, and when we hurt the children, we're destroying any possibility to have a great future. So I'm done. And hopefully, I like didn't offend anybody. I pray nobody's offended mm-hmm. what I said. You know, if I did offend you, and it's the truth, you know, I can't apologize. I just apologize. I'm <laughs>
2: oh, <you're doing> <laughs> so, so Stacy.
5: I
1: only have like two minutes. Um, I'll try to make it as quick as I can. Um, I think if we we come back to the human we, I think we have um, missed the human qualities of while being Muslim. Um, love, compassion, and, and, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about those things, being compassionate and loving and, you know, putting him first. And I think sometimes we go through life, you know, we're supposed, we, we get told what we can't do. We can't, we get told more than what we can't do. than we, especially I'm going to speak for specifically Muslim women, what more of what we can't do. Majority of the women are in the hellfire. You can't do this. You can't do that. So, um, I think if we just come together and uh, go back to the basics, go back to the basics of what it means to um, love in Islam, you know, you, we don't have to remove, I think some people feel like love is, love needs to, let's define love in Islam. What what does it mean? What does it look like? Does it mean being, can, can love involve being intimate with your husband? Does, you know, cause some people, honestly, and it may sound strange, some people think that love does, doesn't, have to exist in a marriage. And so that needs to be re- revisited too. And another thing is that, and, and I, you know, there are some wonderful brothers and sisters in in, in our community, but specifically to the African-American community. Brothers, I, I really need you all to uh, as, as the man was saying, uh, if you see somebody doing something that is incorrect and is wrong, have that courage to say, "Hey, bro, that ain't that ain't it. That is not right." um You know, instead of just trying to save face and say, "Oh, okay, well, the brother he trying," but then when it comes to the sister, oh well, she don't know any better. You know what I'm saying? So let's let's you know work together. And you know, the 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 beautiful month of Ramadan is upon us, and okay, I ask that Allah and I beg Allah to allow all of us to see it and get benefit from it. And I think we should use this month to really do a reset and get serious about um, getting out in our communities and really truly making a difference when it comes to family, especially family in the African-American Muslim community. We have to come together. We have to make positive strides in educating one another. And everybody said on here, education is key. And it is, it's key to Moving forward as a community, and I think that we should all think about that and make dua for us during Ramadan. Make dua, beg Allah to help us and uh, help our families. And you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be on here, and I, I appreciate everyone's uh, input. And uh, yeah, I guess my minutes. <laughs> sorry,
2: Sabrina. How many just like to everybody mail uh, off uh, accept intentions. And this has been an extremely uh therapeutic conversation for myself. Uh, I know pretty sure everybody involved it has been. I know Sabrina's back there. She's blowing. She she, she, like, can she you, enjoying the can, you <laughs> can you hear me? Can you hear me? nope. Uh-uh. It's, 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 I don't I, if you know sign language, I couldn't understand that either. Um <laughs> I'm sorry. So, but I know I know she got something she wanted to say. But um, as we close out, um, I just wanted, to, like I saw in the comments before, um, nobody is, this is not an indictment on polygyny. Like to me personally, I would never, anything a law says is halal, I'm 100% for it. You know what I'm saying? So, but the thing about it is that it is ways we have to, we have to um, address it. And our community specifically, even though we see how Africans do it, how these people do it, we have our own. Eels and our own ways of doing things and certain things affect us differently than it affect other people we have to do it that way yes we have to be i mean what woman wanted her man share you know what i'm saying not share i hate that word but don't want her man to marry somebody else you know what i'm saying but at the same time some you never know what what could happen you know but if he doing it right but a lot of times brothers you can't a lot of things should stop you when sometimes you gotta look at your pockets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause you, they have this, but the, you always hear this one phrase says, Oh, always, they think they, they always want to get married because they can do that one thing. The, the easiest thing out in this world is to get is 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 that stuff, you know what I'm saying? You
1: gotta pay for it. You exactly. Got to pay for it. <laughs> the easiest thing
2: in the world to get is just some simple stuff. When a man take on a responsibility of a wife, he has to take care of her and he has to take care of her to her standards.
3: That's right.
2: So if he if you know that you can't do that, brother, you maybe you should think about jumping into that responsibility because you gotta think about that, you gotta think about the, the operating of the multiple households. There's different things to think about, but lot nothing a law. I would never in my life, in my life, I'm thinking, speaking for me, say anything negatively of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made made halal. Right? So from from mom speaking for me. So if Allah, if Allah's wisdom is infinite, and so if Allah allowed it, then Alhamdulillah, I'm for it, but it is methods for us to do it, and we have to be uh, righteous in our ways of doing it, inshallah. we will be successful. We'll be successful, inshallah. But alhamdulillah, um, again, I'm speaking for Sabria, so we, <laughs> we take it back and forth. Uh, you know, thanks again, thanks again for um, thank again everybody that's on the panel. May Allah reward you all, may Allah accept our intentions to bring solutions and and, and bring um, prophetic character into our our multiple communities and um, established communities to to, um, clean up some of these ills. Um, She is very excited um, that you guys joined us, and she's very appreciative of you all and some of the words that you share with us and the encouragement that you gave to our people, because our people need some tough love like Imam um, Abdul-Mali gave us, They need some of that genuine nourishment from the sisters. We need some of that game that Brother Fahim gave us, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's genuine love, and our communities need this love. I love y'all. If nobody ever tell you that, I genuinely, sincerely love you, especially my people, my brothers and sisters, my black sisters and brothers. Brother Jermaine, love you genuinely and love everything about you. And hopefully, inshallah, we can clean up some of this ugliness that we got and keep this love thing going. Because Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was love and who's the best lover. And what's the best lover of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So on that note, I love y'all. Imam Fahim, give us a closing dua, inshallah, and you can rock out.
4: Oh Allah, we ask you by your greatest names, and by the rank of your prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to mm-hmm. accept this effort from us tonight. We mm-hmm. ask that you bless it, that you honor it, and that it may it reach the people who watch it, that it will be some benefit to their hearts and minds. O oh, Allah put this on our scale of good deeds, allow it to show up on the Judgment Day or something that will rectify us on our behalf, inshallah, and we ask you to forgive us for any shortcomings and to bless all the people who spent their time with us tonight. And O oh, Allah, we ask you for Afiyah, Subhana Subhanakallahuma right. wa bihamdika. Anta, everybody. Thank you all, thank you all for, for, for you watching and
2: well. tuning in the season well 3. Alaikislamu uh,
5: alaikislamu Muslim. Alaikislamu. Muslim.